All right. Hey, why don't you get your Bibles and open them up uh, to Romans chapter 15. Uh, We are launching into a new series called Radiate Hope. And uh, it's my prayer that we will not only just talk about hope and learn about hope, but that we will actually radiate the hope of Jesus uh, right here in our local uh, community. So Romans chapter 15, uh, verse 13 is where we're going to land today. Just one small verse uh, in the Bible uh, for our spiritual food today, but uh, you're going to find there's a lot in this uh, one verse. So let's just look at it together. Romans uh, chapter 15, verse 13. Uh, This is the Word of God. Uh, May the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. One more time, may the God of of hope fill you with joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Let's pray. Father, I I ask that uh, this morning, that Lord, you would speak to us. Lord, that you would uh, open our ears and open our hearts to receive uh, what you have for us, Lord, and for those that are here today that are looking for hope uh, in their marriage, hope uh, in their future, uh, hope uh, to overcome uh, what they're facing. Lord, I pray that they would find their hope in you. Uh, So, Lord, uh, just prepare our hearts to receive what you have, and uh, we pray this in Jesus' name. Uh, Amen. Uh, When you look at this verse, the key word there is hope. Uh, it's mentioned twice. Uh, he's, God is called the God of all hope. Robert Clark uh, was born in uh, September 13, 1928, and in uh, Newcastle, Indiana. And Robert, uh, early on, developed a, a, a talent, an ability for art, and capacity for art. He later on studied some of the greatest art schools in the United States and, and abroad. Uh, And he became known as an artist for his bright colors and taking simple words and and bringing them to life, or numbers even, and bringing them to life. One of which was the word hope. In 2008, he he painted uh, the word hope in a unique way and converted it into a statue, which uh, looks something like this. This is the hope statue. Uh, It's about 13 feet tall and uh, about... Uh, three tons in weight, and uh, it sits today on 7th Avenue in uh, New York City. And some of you maybe have visited the city and you've taken your picture by uh, the Hope statue. What you may not know is that that's not the only Hope statue, that actually he has manufactured similar statues like this and placed them in other countries around the world, Uh, countries like Venice and uh, Munich and Caracas. And he said the desire, his desire is that as he has these statues of hope, he reminds people uh, to spread hope around the world. In fact, uh, Robert uh, Indiana, he later changed his name to Robert Indiana, uh, he said this. He said, I wanted to help name and empower the next generation. And I felt that hope encompassed the needs of our time, that hope encompassed the needs of of our time. I think he's right. I I think the need of our time is hope. 
In fact, if you look at the next generation coming up, there's a desperate need for hope. You know, a lot of people talk about the millennials, right, and the millennial generation and so on, but many people have failed to look at the next generation behind the millennials, what is now called Generation Z. Generation Z, uh, I've been told, uh, now encompasses those born 1990 up to year 2015. Generation Z is significant because it is the largest generation in the United States. 25.9% of the population is Generation Z. By 2020, they will comprise 40% of the consumers in the United States. So this is a very large, this is larger than the busters, larger than millennials, even larger than the boomers. This is a very large generation population. And so what do we know about Generation Z? There are a couple of things that we know. First thing we know is that they're pessimistic of the future. Uh, they're pessimistic of uh, the future. They believe that their life is going to be harder than the life of their parents. Uh, 79% worry about finding a job. 72% worry about how they're going to pay down their debt. Most of them are, are heavy laden with school debt. Uh, secondly, they are, they're an anxious generation. This is a generation that was born after 9-11. So they, they have never known a time when there was not terrorism. There's never known a time without uh, lone shooters. They're, they've never known a time when there hasn't been a peril, really, or wars. And so they are generally anxious, oftentimes even with depression and discouragement, anxiety uh, at a high level. Another thing about Generation Z is that they are distrusting of government and big business. The one out of 10 said they believe the government will do what's best for them. Only one out of 10. So they have a, a disregard for uh, and distrust for anyone in authority, for sure. And, but probably the most significant is that this is the first generation to grow up post-Christian. Uh, that they grew up without really Christian family. They grew up without uh, people around them speaking spiritual truth into their life. And so they, uh, while 78% believe that there may be a God that exists, a vast majority uh, do not attend service, do not pray, do not read the Bible. They have grown up post-Christian. This is the generation that's looking for hope. This is the generation that will move into leadership in our country. They're looking for hope. But listen, hope is not being searched for by just that generation, Generation Z. It's every generation is looking for hope. Uh, the widow that's wondering who's going to take care of her in her later years is looking for hope. The businessman that's, that's trying to make the business work and not go under is looking for hope. The, the young couple that's struggling to keep their marriage together is looking for hope. The family with the wayward kid is looking for hope. Uh, the, the person that's dealing with addiction and, and, and uh, uh, homelessness and uh, all kinds of problems that can't seem to move forward, they're looking for hope. And so, so how do you find hope? That's what we're studying about today. In fact, uh, the Apostle Paul is writing about hope right here in this passage. I've heard it said that you can live a month without food. You can live a week without water. You can live a minute without air, but you can't live a moment without hope. And the Apostle Paul is talking about hope 
right here in this passage. Now, what, what is hope exactly? If that's the main point of this verse and the main point of what we're going to be looking at, what is hope? So let me kind of give you a definition of what hope is. But first, let me tell you what it's not. Hope is not just wishful thinking, all right? Uh, hope is not just like saying, well, I hope the Cowboys go to the Super Bowl, all right? That would be wishful thinking, right? Amen. Yeah. You say, well, at least I can hope. Well, yeah, you can hope, but, you know, that's just wishful thinking, right? Uh, hope is not just a good attitude. A lot of people say, well, you just got to have hope. You just got to grab on to hope. In other words, you just got to have a positive attitude. And if you just think positively, then good things are going to happen. That's kind of the idea of hope. But that's not biblical hope. That's not what the Bible means when the Bible speaks about hope. So let me give you a good definition, a working definition that we're probably going to come back to over and over again through this series. Let me give you a definition of hope. Here it is. Hope is the confident expectation of God's goodness and blessing. That's what hope is. Hope is the confident expectation of God's goodness and blessing. Think about that. Hope is, is confident. It's something that is sure. It's not, well, maybe it's going to happen. It is confident. It is going to happen. It is future. It is an expectation of something that's going to happen in the future. What is it that we can be confident of? What is it that we are sure of in the future? That God is good and that God will bless his kids. That God will bless his children. The confident expectation of God's goodness and blessing. Now, with that a working definition uh, in your mind. Uh, we look at this passage. Uh, Romans, uh, Paul is writing to the church at Rome, and they are in a very dark and difficult place, and they're in a very hard place, dangerous place. And uh, he's speaking to them and reminding them of their hope that they have in Jesus. In fact, you may not know this, but the book of Romans mentions the word hope more than any other book in the Bible. So it is in every way a letter of hope and a reminder of hope. And so uh, here he writes to them and he wants them to know where to find their hope. By the way, if you're here looking for hope today, we're gonna, I'm gonna show you where to find it. Uh, if you're looking and searching for hope, I'm gonna show you how you can grab a hold of it. All right, so let's, let's look at it. Um, once again, verse 13, may the God of, of hope fill you with joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Write this first thought down. Hope comes from God. Hope comes from God. He, said, he calls him the God of all hope. Literally what that means in the original language is that God is a source of hope. That hope comes from God. That God is the one that can give you hope. He is the only source of hope. Now think about that. We, we tend to search for hope in all kinds of places where we cannot find it right? Man, if I could just land that job, then I would really have hope. Or if I could just get married, then I would have hope. If I could just have children, then I could have hope. You know, if I, if I could go to the right doctor, he would give me hope. Or if we would, we would elect this certain government official, then they will be the source of hope for us. No, no, he's not. No, she's not. No, they're not. Because they don't have the hope to give you. They can't control the future. Last I checked, uh, they don't know the end from the beginning. Uh, they, don't, they don't know everything that, the, that, that needs to be known. And, and so only God is the one that can give you hope. He is, what he says here, the source of all hope. He's the God of all hope. And this is repeated over and over through the Bible. When the Israelites were in bondage and slavery and exile, and they thought, surely we are, there's no hope for us. Then God spoke to them. 
And he said, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plan to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. Same thing that King David saw when he, he thought his enemies had overcome him and he was worried about what his life might be like in Psalm 39, 7. He said, and so, Lord, where do I put my hope? My hope is in you. <laughs> my hope is in you, God. You're the only one I can trust, the only one that I can have in a confident expectation of future goodness and blessing. See, only God can do that. In Hebrews uh, chapter 6, it talks about God's steadfast. It says God does not change. He doesn't change his mind. He's steadfast and steady. Uh, that'd be a good place for an amen. Somebody give me an amen for it. God is steady and steadfast. Yeah, yeah, that's good news. And then he goes on to say, because God is steady and he doesn't change his mind, then it says this, uh, we have this hope as an anchor uh, for our soul's firm and secure. That is when the waves of life come pounding against you, when trouble looms, when everything seems to be shaking and moving like there's nothing steadfast and steady, we have an anchor for our souls. And that is a hope that comes from God. You ever know somebody, they're going through it and you're like, how in the world can they be so steady, so hopeful? How, how in the world? Uh, listen, it's because they have an anchor. <laughs> and that is the God of all hope that has anchored them steady and steadfast. This week, I uh, did a funeral for a young couple who lost their baby girl. And it was very difficult a service, and my heart has just been going out to them all this week and over the weekend. And, um, and uh, of course, you know, Liz and I know exactly what that feels like to go through that. And uh, as I left uh, the the cemetery, I just remember thanking God, <laughs> that God, you, you are a God of all hope. And as I look back on those experiences in my own life, I can see how even in very difficult circumstances, you have given me hope. He's the God of all hope. Hope comes from God. So listen, if that's true, if hope comes from God, then to pursue God is to pursue hope. And to find God is to find hope. To lay hold of God is to lay hold of hope. And the same is, uh, uh, is true if you reject God, if you go, well, I don't need God, or I don't want to go to God, or I don't want to read my Bible, then you're, you're, you're abandoning all hope. So hope comes from God. He's the God of all hope. Second thing I want you to write down is this. Not only that hope comes from God, but hope is yours by faith. Hope is yours by faith. Look Again, just back to the verse. Uh, May the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. In other words, God wants to fill you with all joy and peace. Can somebody say, bring it on, all right? I'd like to have all joy and all peace. Anybody want some of that? Yeah, well, you get that in believing. See that? All hope and joy in believing. So what does that mean? Well, that simply means that uh, this is very important. Faith uh, is a way that God fills your life with hope. Faith is a way that God fills your heart and life with hope. What I mean by that is this. When you say, God, you know, uh, uh, I don't know what's going on in my life right now. 
And I don't know that I can fully understand it, but here's what I do know. I do know that you've given me promises in your word. And even though I don't see how it's all going to come together, I don't understand exactly how this is going to happen. I am trusting in what you have said about me and what you have said about my future, uh, that confidence that I can have in your goodness and your blessing in my life. And so, God, I just take what you have said, and I'm going to stand on that no matter if I see it in this lifetime or not. I'm going to stand on that, and I'm going to trust you in your word. See, when I do that, uh, that's the person that's going to grab a hold of some hope. But if you're a person that goes, well, you know, I, 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 I mean, I don't even know if the Bible's all true, right? I read online somewhere that had lots of errors in it, so it's got to be true if it's online, and, uh, right? And, uh, and, and anyway, you know, this verse may or may not be for me, or and God maybe wrote that for somebody else. I don't know that I can really, listen, that person will never find hope, never. You know why? Because God fills you with joy and peace in believing, in trusting what God has said. That, that's, how you get a, you, that's how you get hope that is in God in you. That's how it happens. It it's, it's, comes from God, and it's by, by faith. From God, by faith. From God, by faith. That's how you get it in your life. Uh, Hebrews 11 uh, verse 1 says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. In other words, faith is how I I exercise my hope, how I get hope into my life. He says, uh, for it is by faith the people of old received their commendation. In other words, in the Old Testament, that's how people got hope, is they trusted what God said. And then all the way through Hebrews 11, he starts giving you name after name after name after name of people that laid hold of God's blessing by faith. He said, by faith, uh, Noah uh, heard that there was a flood coming, and he built a boat, and he trusted God, and God uh, gave him hope that he could survive. By faith, Abraham uh, believed God, what he promised in his word about a a son coming, and by faith, he received the son of promise. Uh, By faith, Moses uh, led the Israelites through the wilderness. See, they laid hold of their hope that was in God by trusting God. Now listen, if that's how they did it in the Old Testament, then that's how you do it today. The way you find hope is by trusting what God has said. Do you trust Him? Are you laying hold of the promises of God? Are you claiming them uh, in the name of Jesus Christ? Listen, faith is a, is a, is a muscle. That you, it's kind of like a muscle, right? You exercise your muscles, all right, then they get stronger, right? Some of you were gym rats. You know, when you were younger, you had ripped abs and no body fat, and you were like strong, right? Then look what happened to you. I don't know what happened. Same thing happened to me, right? But, but when you exercise, then that muscle got strong. The same thing is true when you say, Lord, I'm just going to believe you, and I'm going to dig in your word, and I'm going to stand on your word, and I'm going to do what your word says. And then you see God come through, and then you go, oh, wait a minute, maybe this really is a real thing. Maybe God, if I do stand on his word, maybe he does come through, and, and you begin to strengthen your faith. And then you grow stronger and stronger and stronger. The Christian life should be a crescendo of faith. 
I mean, it's a, it would be a weird thing for a follower of Jesus to get weaker and weaker and weaker in their faith. They, they should be constantly growing stronger and stronger. You see God come through and you trust him and you see him come through and you trust him even more. And you keep, keep seeing and keep expecting and keep trusting and you see God come through and then you praise God for it and your faith is strengthened to where then you just burst into heaven with, uh, with confidence in God. That's, hope comes from God and it is by faith. Now listen, uh, jot this third th- thought down. Hope is found in Jesus. It's from God, it's by faith, and it comes in Jesus. Uh, look at it, what it says. He says, may the God of all hope fill you with, back to the verse, fill you with joy and peace in believing, and oh, in believing in what? No, wrong question. In believing in whom? Yes, that's the right question. Uh, in believing in Jesus. In fact, that's what he says there, it, believing in Jesus. You go, well, no, it doesn't, Craig. It doesn't say in Jesus. It says, fill you with Joy and peace in believing, and there's no Jesus in there. Yeah, it is. Look at, well, okay, you got to look up a couple of verses. Look at verse 8, all right? Run run your finger up to verse 8, and let me just read this to you. For I tell you that Christ, there he is, came, became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promise, promises given to the patriarchs, and in order that the Gentiles may glorify God for his mercy as it is written. Therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again, it says, rejoice, O Gentiles, uh, with his people. And again, uh, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let the people extol him. And again, Isaiah says, let the root of Jesse will, will come. Even he who arises to rule the Gentiles, in him will the Gentiles hope. And what, what is all this saying? Well, what, what this is saying is this, that God has promised the Messiah to come, that is Christ. And Christ came for two reasons. It's found in verse 8 and verse 9, that he came to confirm the promises when the prophet said, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. When Jesus showed up, he said, see, I'm confirming what I promised, right? And secondly, in order that Gentiles may have hope. Well, who are Gentiles? That's everybody who was non-Jewish, right? So that's pretty much most of us, right? We're the Gentiles. And the hope of the Messiah comes not only to the Jewish people, but also to us, which is a really good news, amen? And so, so what he's saying is that it's always been in God's heart to bring hope to the whole world, to even the Gentiles. And so he gives these, all these verses, and again and again and again it says, the Gentiles will hope, the Gentiles will hope. And I love, in verse, I love verse 12, it says, uh, and the root of Jesse will come. Even he who arises to rule the Gentiles, in him will the Gentiles hope. You say, who is Jesse? Now, it's not the guy in Jesse's girl song, you know. It's not only that guy. It's not Jesse James. No, who is Jesse? Well, a little Old Testament story. Jesse had several sons. One of his sons' name was David. David became king of Israel. So the root of Jesse means really the line of King David. And God promised that through the lineage of David will come the Messiah who would sit on the throne forever. Guess who is from the line of David? Jesus, the Messiah. See, so what he's saying is this. Listen, God is always determined to give hope to people that are wayward, people that are outsiders, people that don't have hope. And the way that he's brought it is through Christ. 
That in Christ, we, we find hope to be right with God. In Christ, we find hope to be forgiven of our sin. In Christ, we find hope to live a different life. In Christ, we find hope of heaven. All that comes through Christ. The God of all hope, it comes from God, it comes by faith, and it comes to you in Christ. And so when you see, receive Christ, you receive the hope of God. God wants to fill your heart and life with hope that comes through Jesus. You know, this summer I, I went and visited some friends in, uh, in Mississippi, and um, uh, this guy was showing me his place. He's got several acres, and it's got hills and creeks and all kinds of stuff. So I jumped in his truck, and he was taking me out, just kind of showing me all the place and all that he had. And, and uh, so it was great. We were seeing, seeing all that. We would drive up in this thick area and come back down and all around. And he said, oh, I got to show you this, this one spring that's on my property. I'm like, all right, well, let's go see it. So he drives me around to this spring. He said, now we got to get out and go look at this thing. So we get out and go look at it. And sure enough, there's this PVC pipe that comes sticking out of the side of the mountain and water's coming out. He goes, man, that's the best water you've ever tasted in your whole life. I said, really? He goes, yeah, you, you need to drink some of that. I'm like, okay. He goes, wait, let me go get you a cup. And so he goes back in his truck, kind of cleans the cup out. He goes, here, just stick that under there. Like, really? Okay. So I stick it under there and fill it up. He said, now, now drink it up. All right, here we go. I drink it. Tastes like water. You know, it, it was good water. I mean, it was good, you know. And he goes, isn't that the best water you've ever tasted in your life as a man? That is, that is some good water. He said, you know what is amazing about this spring? I said, what? He said, this spring, water flows out of this pipe 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 52 weeks out of the year, year after year after year after year, and it never stops. He said it just keeps coming and keeps coming and it never stops, it never runs out, just water keeps flowing and flowing and flowing and flowing. And I don't know how that happens, but he said everybody around here knows it. So they get their jugs and they come down there and they fill up their, with their jugs with water and they take it back to their homes. They do it all the time because it never runs out. And when I thought about this verse, I thought that's exactly what hope is like. The God of all hope is flowing out week after week, day after day, moment after moment to fill your heart with hope. And that hope comes through Jesus Christ, but you got to put your faith and trust in Jesus and he will fill you up with hope. Listen, when you get up in the morning, if you know Christ, you can say, Jesus, you are my hope. And Lord, you're my hope for my marriage. You're my hope for my health. You're my hope for my future. You're my hope for my my." my uh, state of mind, Lord, you are my only hope. And you will find him. He will fill you up. He will satisfy you. He's the God of all hope. It comes from God. It comes by faith. It comes in Jesus. Let me give you one more thing, and I'm just going to land with this one. All right, look at this. Hope cannot be contained. What else do we know about this hope? It cannot be contained. Look at what it says. Uh, by the, may the God of, of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Look at that word abound. That word abound means to overflow. It means to run over the top. It means to uh, not be able to be held. If you had a cup and you filled it up with water, it'd just keep flowing and flowing and flowing over. That's the idea is that, that those who are filled with the hope of God cannot contain it to themselves. Listen, if you have hope, if you really have hope in the future and you have hope and this confident expectation 
uh, of God's goodness and God's future blessing in your life, if you really have that, you have what everybody's looking for. Do you think about that? You've got what everybody's searching for. Everybody's searching for hope. And you have it. You have it because you have Christ within you. And he said, listen, if you are truly a follower of Jesus, you, you're not going to be able to hold that to yourself. Everywhere you go, you're just going to be obvious on your face. You're going to radiate hope. Listen, uh, about a year ago, God began to give me a, uh, two words. And I say God gave it to me. Uh, these words just kept coming back to my mind. As I'd be in my prayer time, God would just keep bringing these words back to my mind. And the two words were radiate hope. And it really came to me as I was reading this verse that that's what God wants for all of his kids is that we would radiate hope. That, that uh, wherever we are in our office or where we are in, in our school or where we, and as we interact with people, that they could see the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. That's what the church is supposed to be. Church is not supposed to be just a bunch of people that tell you what we're against. We're supposed to be people that radiate hope. That you can start over and you can start new and it can be right. And you can be reconciled with God through Christ by faith. Hey, listen, this is the hope of the world that we have. And we need to radiate hope. And so that's why we're teaching this series. I'm going to try to unpack for you the hope that we have in Jesus. Every week, I'm going to be unpacking the uniqueness of our Christian hope. But not only that, we're going to be showing you different partners that are actually radiating hope right here, right now, in real time, in our community, helping people that are in dark places and difficult places and hurtful places and showing the hope of Jesus. And we're going to come along beside them. We're going to come alongside them in two ways. One is we're going to have the big give. The big give is, we did this last year, last year, um, we did a big give one-time offering, and that money went to help us with taking care of some things on campus uh, here. But now this year, all that is going to be turned outward. Everything that you give is going to go to radiate hope in our local community, to help those that need help, to show love to people that need love. And so we're going to give on that day to radiate hope. And then not only are we going to give, we're going to roll up our sleeves and we're going to go to work. And we're going to actually start radiating hope outside the walls of this church. We're going to leave this spot and we're going to go out to where people are. And we're going to put to work what we know. And we're going to radiate hope. Listen, folks, I couldn't be more fired up. Hey, it's dangerous when the preacher gets fired up. Hey, we're going we're gonna, we're gonna to do. do what God has told us to do. We're going to radiate hope together. That's going to be great. Do you have that kind of hope? Do you have the hope of Jesus? Maybe you're here today and you go, man, I, I don't have that kind of hope, Craig. That hope that comes from God is filling me with joy and peace. I don't have that, but I want it. Maybe you're thirsty for that water of hope. He can fill you today.